Great, so we're live. This is Jake with Mystery College, and today we are interviewing Phil Rice. Phil Rice, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, Jake. It's a real pleasure and an honor to be here with you, sir. Absolutely. So Phil is a phenomenal Kabbalist, Hermeticist, energy healer, and has many, many talents, including being an exceptional musician as well. So Phil, I'm really curious about your experience with Kabbalah, the healing arts, and, and what, what, what originally brought you to, to the healing arts? So I had an experience about 10 years ago where I um, essentially went through a, a massive transition in my life where I was teaching. Uh, I had a very large guitar teaching business in my local hometown and I got burnt out. A, a, a bunch of things. There was a perfect storm of things in my life professionally and personally and I had to adjust and it included moving on from what I was doing and Essentially, I went from using YouTube for looking at funny things to actually starting to do research. And I remember reading a book years ago um, that uh, piqued my interest. And so I started following that thread. One thing led to another, and I ended up basically starting meditation. And uh, I ended up connecting with various communities uh, on Facebook, just looking, you know, like, um, and I don't know why, you know, I was just motivated and propelled to start, um, you know, exploring. So I ended up going to a conference uh, in a place called Topo in New Zealand here. It's at the New Zealand's largest lake. It's in the middle of the North Island. And there was a uh, quite a well-known uh, speaker coming there for a very small sort of close gathering. And uh, I met a chap there. Um, I jumped on the bus and went down and I met a chap there. And he turns out he was my birthday twin. And I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty fun. He was this young Austrian guy who travels the world and does this, um, uh, you know, all sorts of things, you know, Qigong and uh, uh, um, Russian sort of Sistema Martial Arts. And, mm. uh, and, and then, he, then he broached me with this conversation about um, uh, Russian contactless fighting. And I was like, and he showed me some videos. And, um, but sorry, I'm jumping ahead. But prior to that, um, what the 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 keynote speaker of the the conference, who's a well-known sort of uh, ex-Harvard um, uh, microbiologist chap, really interesting guy, he gave a six-hour speech compacted down to about three hours. So that was full on, right? Mm. And you know, what happened was at the end of that particular presentation, everyone walked out of there like, you know, wow, you know. And my friend who um, drove up from down the line who I met there, uh, she gets wicked migraines and this pushed her over the edge a bit. And so for about 20 minutes after the com after this particular presentation, I'm, I'm trying to comfort her and play her some nice stuff. There was a nice nylon string guitar there, nice soft tones just to help relax her and nothing was working. And this young chap comes over and, um, you know, full of life and just bubbly as, and he's just like, hey, I, I can try something. And he basically puts his hands over her head and within like 10 seconds, she looks up and goes, how did you do that? And I was like, huh, isn't that interesting? Because coming from a very practical background of working in construction, forestry, mining and transport and et cetera, et cetera, from another part of my life, very, very practical person. And so this sent me off on a big exploration into energy healing and many forms of it. And I was attracted to certain types over others and uh you know 
um, energy healing ended up, you know, my first initial experiences with being brave and asking friends and family if I can, you know, hey, can I try this thing, you know, because they had a thing, right? They had some kind of, uh, you know, like a sore neck or a headache yeah. or whatever. Pretty classic stuff. And I was like, um, so I, I, I bought a book and um, and it was like a cheap online sort of thing that I'd found. I'd done a bunch of research on YouTube and I got this book and I started reading through it and it gave you some kind of mental gymnastics, I guess you could call them. And so I'm, my friend showed up and she's got this sore thing and, you know, she's, so she's laying on her, on her tummy on the, on the, on the, the, the mattress and I'm, and I'm like putting my hands over her shoulder and it was in the middle between her blades. And then she said, oh my gosh, it's moving. I'm like, huh. So I just kind of followed it. And then the, the knot that she'd had in her, between her shoulder blades, which had been there for you know, a couple of days, it literally just, we kind of just chased it out. And then she gets up and she's cool. Right. And I'm yeah. like going, huh. Okay, and then that gave me some confidence to hit up some other people, and so then I, I, I found, and if I just give the whole the, the whole journey to to date in a nutshell, it started out being very much just physical issues, like people had a thing, I'd do the thing, and then you know they would usually get um, a reasonably significant result. It was only a very small number of people that didn't really get any major value out of it. Everyone got something. And this wasn't like a table session where you're like a like a rate like a full reiki hour session where you're getting them to chill out putting on some nice music or some nice something just to lull them down help them relax and get still this was just like you know street healing sort of thing you know like you're just hanging out and it's like ah, yeah. you know you're just doing it in a chair or whatever um and yeah you know um i build up my confidence over time um and uh, what happened was, is that it started steering away from just physical stuff, you know, like, but there's still so much to be harvested from those stories because, you know, people, like I said, you, when you get a momentum of confidence building experiences by putting yourself out there a little bit, you, you, you get to kind of reach a critical mass of like, okay, well, I mean, these are curiosities and they're interesting and they're anecdotes, but at some point, you know, you get this sort of like waxing of conviction of like, well, there's really something here and it's something of value. And I came across uh, material that really challenged this stuff. And I'm like going, look, I, whatever people talk about, that's fine. I'm dealing with direct personal experience here because that's the just, I'm satisfied that I can tell the difference between, you know, like, you know, this is doing something or it's not, you know, like it's pretty straightforward. You know, I'd ask questions and I developed some, um, uh, an understanding of the value of metrics, you know, where is it on the pain scale of out of 10, 10 being the most painful, let's say eight at the end of the session, they're like, you know, maybe one or two or three or something like that. You know, that's a significant um, change. And when somebody's had an issue for like a year, I mean like a year and you do the thing and then the thing's gone and then it stays gone. This is not just curious, but it's like, you know, like I said, there's value in it, but, over time, it became apparent to me that it shifted from just physical issues because people were like, "Gone." They get up off the table when I started doing when I got a table and did table sessions. They're like, "Well, it's certainly better, but it's still there." But man, I I've had this thing bugging me all day. I've had this emotional issue or something, and I just feel released of it or free from it, you know. And people were just getting up feeling really peaceful. And then, you know, then we'd just do more focus time on the on the, the physical issue. But, I mean, for me, like, it, it, 
I mean, it's hard even now because I come from such a practical background. You know, the, the they came in with a sore thumb, but they left with a with a lighter heart. You know, this is what got them in the door for something more. And so for me, I started exploring this thing about like, you know, these physical issues uh, in a lot of cases are uh, manifestations from these other planes of reality, you know, like, mm. you know, it, it flows down. They manifest through this thought, feeling and action sort of, you know, this kind of thing. You know, we, we talk about this in Hermetics, right? And it's like, wow, there's some real credence to that. I mean, and for the average person on the street, I'll say, look, you know, your thoughts can affect, um, you know, have a direct effect on your physical state. Because if you're mindless, you're more likely to bang yourself by not paying attention to your spatial awareness, these types of things. So there's ways of communicating some of these things. But over time, like I said, um, people started having different experiences. And it, it was just like, wow, this is really interesting. Because even if a person came regularly over a series of weeks, every experience was very unique for them. And so this really nourished my interest in energy healing. And so I spent a lot of time learning about it. I did some Reiki courses um, and that was beautiful. Very, I mean, I was the only dude in the course, right? And the lady who was teaching me, she had the same birthday as Mikao Sui. And I thought that was pretty fun. Mm. And she's pretty well known and uh, she's real lovely. And um, so I'm in this really cool environment with these ladies. And it was just like, I just felt really relaxed and like we did some stuff and I, and I, and I discovered some intuitive capabilities I had no idea I had. And we validated it through feedback, you know, like talking to the person on the table and things I was like, how could you know that? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it was just really, it was very uh, encouraging and there was an unfoldment that uh, drove momentum for wanting to explore this further and people were getting relief and yeah so anyway that's the kind of the energy healing thing and you know i still do it today i don't do it as much as i used to but uh it's i think it helped me develop like because when you're doing the practices too um it helps you um to relax more and more and like the more relaxed i was i found that um when the person got up off the table they were they were more relaxed because, you know, a lot of the stuff's born of tension as well. So, yeah. So, anyway, that's <laughs> that's just that in a bit of a nutshell. Yeah, that's phenomenal. It's quite a journey you went on from being at, like, New Zealand's largest lake and, and seeing someone else do the energy healing at this, at this conference you went to. And then that set up a whole domino effect where energy healing became, like, a really big part of your life and awakened intuitive capabilities and, and brought all these new opportunities into your life. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And, and, you know, like it's still taken many years to become confident about speaking to this to people in my general sphere of physical awareness and my proximity, like the people in the village, right? You know how the story goes, right? You know, you go off the, the hero's journey, as they say, you know, you go, you have a, you have a supernatural experience, if you call it that. You kind of, re you, you refuse the call and then the, the you know, the knocking on the, the, the tapping on the shoulder gets louder and louder and louder. And you go, okay, okay. And then you go and sort of, you know, you get your courage tested and then you go back to the village and you take yeah. the knowledge back or you come down the mountain or get up from the valley and you go back to the village and you've got this like, hey guys, this is, you know, like, do you remember how I was a reasonably rational level-headed person before? Well, I still am and I've got something to share that I think is valuable and worth checking out. And 
all you have to do is sit there. You don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do any muscle manipulation or adjust anything. It's just like, I'm basically just going to go put my hands on you or just away. And all you're going to do is sit there. And I have to say, it's been a bit of a hard sell in the local area. Like, um, I mean, as far as a therapeutic, like a genuine therapeutic sort of process, mm. um, like I, I, I guess it's just you know New Zealand. Uh, maybe I don't know. This is I've, I've talked to other energy healers around the world, and you know people have a sort of a default mechanism to go for classical modes of therapies, things that are much more already in the public sort of um, purview, and you know energy healing, Reiki, these types of things. In some countries, they're far more prolific and much more accepted. In fact, in some places, they're in hospitals too, right? You know, and these types of things. Yeah. But here, not so much. It's more, it's more, uh, it's a, let's just say uh, a good word to say it's, it's very, it's still very fluffy here. You know, it's a fluffy thing. And that's beautiful in itself because I know people still get value from it. But, um, you know, I was just like, have you got a thing? You've got a thing that doesn't work or it's sore? I've got a thing that seems to produce, I've got a hit rate. I measured it out. I got a, I've got my, my healing journal. I went through it and just got some basic stats. I said, because I learned a bit about statistics. I studied placebo and I, you know, I did, did read all the skeptics websites, which was challenging to start with, but man, right. but those fellas, man, they're great training partners um, because they made some good points because um, you've always got to be checking for delusion. Right. And Absolutely. I really like that. So I felt very challenged because I, I had a mate who's a, psycho, a psychologist dude who's a hardcore atheist and he just can't stand any of this stuff. We're not really mates anymore, but um, he, um, you know, he, he sent me all these links to these websites and I'm like, no, I'm going to read it. And he wrote a couple of books and all this type of thing. So I went through all that. I was like going, huh, that was challenging, but highly valuable. And once I got down to it, the people commenting made some good points, but also at the end of it, they were just mocking something that they had no personal experience with that, you know, like, um, and so it was just like, oh, okay, okay. I'm kind of getting an understanding of the landscape now yeah. from different angles. And that allows me to be a bit more strategic and to move around on my feet a bit more. I'm just very pragmatic about it, you know, like um, it either works or it doesn't work. And if people are open to it, um, that's great. And, um, you know, I've been exploring everything from like, why is it more effective on some people than others? And then I would teach some people how to feel the energy, like build the ball and then say, Hey, look, I'm, you know, if you like what I do, or if you're into this stuff, have a play with this, because if you build your energy sensitivity, I'm wondering just as a, an experiment that might increase the effectiveness of the healing treatment just as a thing to play with, because imagine if like you could go and see a person and you didn't have to have any sort of, you know, like hardcore medical type intervention. All you had to do was do some Qigong and that made you more healable by an energy healer just by, you know, essentially going through this process of developing sensitivity. The, the jury's still out a bit on that one, but um, looking for markers of, um, you know, some people, some therapies work best for some people and some more so for others, you know, like everyone's a little different. We live in a very diverse sort of um, um, sphere here. So, um, but yeah, just even just sharing a bit of awareness about, you know, my experiences and just and expressing it in a very level way. 
just like one of my bros who's he's a very well-known reiki teacher over in um in brisbane australia mm. he's like uh, you know i've talked to him many times i'll probably catch up with him today we're talking about like you know when you first start doing this you just want to get up on the rooftops and start yelling and going guy you really want to check this out man this is like you know this is crazy because not only would they get us a, a relief here or something like this something else would get sorted and then they just felt an ease and and they just for some people they came back and said and these are level-headed people these are just people in my hood bro you know like these aren't people they, they might be open to a little bit of you know some of them might have played around with some tarot cards or you know they've they've been to a psychic fair and they've got a few crystals and things they come for a sesh some of them not all of them and they're like you know what man the next morning i woke up feeling amazing the best i have in so long i just i had a i had a much clearer experience of the day things just went right there was an ease and a fluidity and uh and i was almost you know like i i i try to come up with good words and because you know for me when i do the qigong and introduce and because i love um learning various sorts of tai chi forms and things and just playing with them i sort of see all these 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 forms as like ways to play and there's this almost cradling or carrying effect that i think um that, like i said there's an ease of living you know when you start working especially with the with the vital field um it's like the information field just starts rejigging some things and tightening up little areas and deficiencies i think at a basic level and you just start huh you might just be walking a bit taller you might just have a bit more of a pep on your step and these types of things you might just have a bit more gas in the tank and so it's like yeah you know and so for me that was such a great entry point into um what i would call practical metaphysics or functionally metaphysics even um because it was not just like you know because i'm having other experiences too when i started meditating i started having experiences you know all this out of body lucid dream type things and lots of synchronicities in that but this is an objective thing mostly that you're having an agree agreement with um with another person and you go through a questioning process and say well you know because you both want to be satisfied that this was something that actually happened and took place and uh and it's like people go look man look i get it you're asking questions but phil 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 i had a thing now it's gone i know something's going on here and i don't know what's going on but that was just awesome or that was highly valuable and yeah so it's it's a very encouraging way to get into i think this field um because it builds courage um and i you know for me it was a curiosity and i learned a lot about a lot of other things too like statistics and um you know placebo and and a bit of medical journal study and how to look up you know studies and verify things and feel and be satisfied too you know like i i think that's like um uh like a good brother bob from 60 skills says you know like um um you want to be uh oh, what did he say he said he mentioned something beautiful once um which is like um you you i'll i'll put that to one side but uh, essentially it's like you know when you satisfy your skeptical practical mind it kind of then starts to help you you know it's not working against you you know and uh it's like suddenly it just opens more doors more things open there's a flowering i think as well and unfolding and it's just very useful and um it means that i can 
essentially communicate things with to people and they're more open to it because you know i'm not trying to heal people i'm saying hey look i've got a thing because it's all language man people get switched off they get turned off by certain words trigger words keywords these types of things so i'm very careful about the language i use i kind of talk to the person suss out and go hey i got a thing that i do um lots of people have got value out of it 10 minutes i just keep it 10 minutes because yeah. most people get like relief in like 10 minutes five ten minutes easy and they also you know they get a chance to relax too you put them in a chair do a thing and you just i just sit them with with them and i put my hand on their leg or just whatever it's not like i'm standing up and doing all sorts of hand waving stuff it's more like i'm just just how comfort comforting them i guess and um and just talking to them mm. you know and these types of things so building rapport in this because the more the person relaxes the more the stuff seems to get in there and create sort of high quality outcomes so i've learned a lot about communication and building rapport and just getting quiet and the value of stillness and you know there's much we can talk about that so yeah it's it's a it's a great entry point um i think if you want to get into this kind of field um just even for building confidence you know yeah yeah just for even building confidence in ourselves as people who are providing this type of service providing healing providing a, a container or a space where people can learn the processes to heal themselves right because we're, we're facilitating their own healing connecting them with their own resourcefulness um and so like and i'm curious about how you like you experience this hero's journey yourself but between the discovery between the, the denial and then coming full circle slaying the dragon and then and bringing back the gifts back to town and bringing back these healing services to others who are interested so i'm curious about like with with your own clients or with people who you take through a healing either healing journey or a tarot journey or a kabbalah journey like what's what's the hero's journey that you help facilitate for your clients like do you do do you do a discovery session first or or is that what does a session look like with phil rice generally speaking it's just very organic it's uh, for me uh, it's always starts with a, just a conversation you know like um hey what's up you know what's happening you know t tell me about it. look I, I i say look i you know i'm a meditation teacher i'm into all kinds of funky cool mystical stuff i can talk about a wide variety yeah, wide variety of topics you know um and uh you know i guess like i said you know when people connect with me first of all we'll just talk because they're obviously already know a little bit about what i'm about and what my conversation generally entails and so you know because i've also been a tarot reader and um you know i i i've, I've done the usual suspect so to speak and you know some of these things still fascinate me like you know tarot and uh, the tree of life and i mean kabbalah's always been big you know like when i stepped away from studying kabbalah like especially the the you know the theoretical stuff because the barden stuff is obviously practical i've done heaps of theoretical stuff but man you know even that like that opens some pretty interesting doors and when i stepped away from that i noticed a bit of a dip in my in my experiences you know but anyway back to your question good sir um now um when people hit me up and i've got to say i'm not doing a lot of sessions at the moment but classically what will happen is is that we'll have a conversation and i'll say look um you know uh if anything you just want them to feel comfortable in your presence really you know because they, there's a bit of vulnerability they're getting on a table with a person maybe they don't know or i get a lot most of my stuff comes through word of mouth to be honest so people recommend me to their friends and things like that i quite like working like that because I, it's a bit of a network thing and there's already a little bit of trust there because they're you know so 
Um, well, I'd like to think there is, you know, they trust their friend. Yeah, and, that's dude. Uh, I recommend anyone who's listening to this to to work with Phil if you have an opportunity to, because he's a phenomenal healer and a phenomenal Kabbalist too. So he has a lot to share and teach. Thank you. Thank you. Very kind. Um, yeah. So just it's just an unfolding conversation. Normally, like um, I think a, a lot of Reiki practitioners will have this um, hardwired in is, is that the first session that they do, they'll introduce the person to what's going to happen during the session. And so the person has an idea of what they're getting themselves into, you know, like what's going to happen, you know, you know, some guy comes out, you know, like, you know, it's just an average Joe. He's like, right, I'm just going to go and, um, and get prepared. And the person's lying on the table. There's a bit of a nice music. Maybe there's a, like an aromatherapy diffuser and, uh, and a candle. It's like, oh yeah, this is nice. And the next thing the dude rocks out wearing a robe and like, you know, big things and all this. It's like, wait a minute, what's going on? And then there's a drum. And it's like, hang on. I thought I was just coming that you're just going to put your hands on me. And it turns out to be something a lot more. And so, you know, like, uh, I mean, I'm cool with doing those types of things if um, if I feel the urge to, but I will um, enunciate that to them and elaborate on that to them first and say, look, this is how we're going to roll with it. But generally speaking, it's like, no, man, let the energy speak for itself. I'm not really a, I mean, I've got, you know, I, I enjoy um, using crystals for meditative things and exploring crystals and that, but I don't use them. I um, Generally speaking, it's like, I just want to make this completely energy centric and, um, you know, because it should be enough in my view. And that's the focus. I don't want to scatter my focus too much and have too many other variables involved. I just want to go, let's explore this phenomena and its various applications. And so I make that pretty clear to people. I say, look, you know, I'm a practicer, I'm a full-time practicer, you know, Qigong out in the bush. Um, I say, if you want to learn this, because I normally say to people, like, you know, after the session, we normally do an hour. If you want to learn how to meditate or just basic meditation type things, can give them a bit of an understanding. Um, you know, I've really learned a lot about meditation theory from guys like Bob and Mark and, um, you know, and many of the others, including yourself, too, just watching the videos and learning and that and just learning how to explain things to people in everyday sort of um, modern vernacular parlance, these types of things so that people can relate to the information. And um, this kind, if you can bring it down to the street, I tell you what, man, there's people out there that want this stuff. They don't know they want it. But if you can communicate it to them, they're more open to it. Eh? And so it's the same with the sessions. Yeah, I'm Phil. I'm just an everyday guy. I mean, I like wearing solid colors like this. I usually wear a necklace, but I don't really show off any stuff. I'm just, you know... I'm just, I found this thing that produces, seems to produce these cool outcomes, you know, and I like to create a, a sacred space. There's value in that. And I guess my approach to setting up the sacred space is that, um, you know, uh, I don't want this, I don't want sensory stimulus and overload. I generally try to work in a very sort of a, a quiet, you know, visually quiet environment, these types of things, because I've just noticed this even like in my previous careers, like, you know, working with kids and things and about how how the sense gates get, you know, get redirected to stimulus and things. And people, a lot of people get on the table aren't meditators. And if they can't relax, you know, because there's too much going on and they're thinking too much, like they just don't get the value. And for some people, it can take 15 to 20 minutes before they really start just to sink down a bit. You know, like that. They, they, you know, like they're, they're they're busy. They've come from another thing. They've got lots on their mind. It's like, no, no, bro. You, you, the, the healing, or whatever we want to use for that word, because that healing, I, I I need to talk about that word a bit more too, because that encapsulates a lot of things. But essentially, once they start, once the 
once the, the stillness starts to creep in through the bodies, their body, their physical body relaxes, their, their emotion and, you know, start to relax. And then their mental body just starts to just to become a bit quieter. And then they just go, oh. and there's usually like a big kind of a release. Everyone does it usually. And it's noticeable. There's always some kind of register, you know, physical register, like a sigh or a, oh, wow. You know, it's like, okay, all right. So the first 20 minutes generally is going to be just bringing you down into a what I would call probably more of a receptive state. And because I want the people to get the best outcome they have, you know, I just want don't want to get them and shoot them out the door. But generally, I find 60 minutes is plenty. The first session, you're you're um, you're just explaining some things, especially if it's in person, you know, look, hey, I'm going to put my hand. I might put my hands here, 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 here and here. And there's obviously places I'm not going to put my hands. And so. You know, you bring in a bit of levity just to assure them that you're a pro and uh, you know what's what and you know what's not not and all these types of things. And you just and I find that a bit of levity and even a bit of like just um, reserved kind of humor, you know, um, can help just if there's any tension or reticence, it just helps to crack the shell a bit and just, ah, OK, you know, the guard drops. Because I think too, you know, like uh, after doing a bit of, little bit of study of Chinese medicine stuff and learning about protective qi from that angle, people will come in and, you know, you got to get, if, if they can relax more, the stuff, it's easier for the, the, the stuff to get in, so to speak, and for them to get the outcome. So I can, I take people through a little bit of a conversation and I'm like, hey man, you'll get what you get from this and we can talk about this and afterwards I might ask you some questions. You don't have to answer any of them. I'm not prying. If anything, I'm just curious because it might help us to understand because a lot of people will experience uh, imagery and sometimes it's just colors or sensations or whatever or, you know, and sometimes there's, or, or, there's audio too, you know, even smells and tastes as well, but usually it's an, a visual thing. And, um, and, you know, and it can be very abstract, you know, but sometimes they'll go, wow, man, you know, I had an image of me, of my childhood and, and being really relaxed and enjoying life and being peaceful. It's like I had a flashback and I'm like, oh, and they go, yeah, it's so vivid. And I'm like, good, bro. I'm like, bro, you want, you just hold on to that thought. Okay. Explore that, you know, fatten it out a little bit. I'm saying, look, what I, if I was, you know, if I may offer something that there. It's like a, a memory that you can um, uh, tune back into and there's a kind of a nourishment and a, and a sustenance and a healing even in just spending some time thinking about that. And I say, look, in Hermetics, we do this thing called mental transference and we put ourselves back into that space and there's a lot of positive tuning forks within that memory that you can take value from to improve your current situation. And these types of things, they're like, huh. I said, look, you think about how you felt and yeah, I was so relaxed. Life was good. I was on my bike. I was hanging out with my friends. It was such a cool um, um, reminiscence. And I said, well, just think about that and go think about how that feels and just bring that feeling back into yourself. And they're like, oh, yeah. You know, and th there's a noticeable like change in their in their sort of their composure. And it's just like, yeah, man, that's one of the reasons why meditation is so valuable because you can, there's so many ways to play you know, to bring, you know, to get back to the equilibrium. I, I kind of think that's the, the crux of it all. People come back, they're operating suboptimally and, um, you know, everyone's equilibrium is at a sort of a different sort of level and wherever your sweet spot is at your current point of life because of all the contributing factors, wherever that bar is, 
you want to be at least there. That's the platform for your best operation, for you, for launching whatever you want to do with your life, equilibrium, whatever that might mean, but a good um, homeostasis or a good balance point. You know, if you if your mind's all over the place or your your heart's pulling you around or your you know your astral body, I'll say it's a better way of putting it, um, more appropriate. And if your physicality, if you've got noise in these three bodies and these things, you, you know, it's going to affect your decision making. And chances are, you know, your choices are going to be reflected in uh, by the, the the quality, you know, by the noise, you know. But you, you really, if you can clean up the signal to noise ratio. Man, you know, life gets gravy real fast. You know, like you start making better choices, and life just improves. Absolutely. And, and can you walk walk me through a process of how people can learn what's static inside of themselves, like and their physical body? What does physical static look like, or in their emotions, or their mind, or the environment? And then, where's the signal? Like, where can people find really high quality signals and where can they keep collecting those signals or channeling those signals, streaming those signals? Yeah, so that is a great question. And, you know, when it comes to obviously physical noise, um, you think about all of the, uh, the how the, the physical body is affected by the environment. So what we're trying to do is, is we're minimizing and um, uh, resolving and dissolving as best we can and mitigating any and all influences external first of all okay so for example if you're putting food in your body that makes your body go eh, and i like oh man like dude what are you doing to me you know like you put if you're not reading labels and just putting whatever in and going man why do i feel like crap it's like bro what are you eating you know what are you drinking you know what sort of a physical environment are you hanging out with who are you, who are you hanging out with you know What's the quality? How do you rate it? If you're going to like look at all the different areas of life, you know, like because these are all data sources and the data, the quality of the data informs your experience. Right. And so I say to them, look, I say, look, you know, I, I, I've made a lot of big changes in my life and I had to get pretty ruthless, you know, and some people didn't like that. But like, I'm like, man, you know, like once you go from um, sausages to steak, very hard to go backwards and i'm most and i'm mostly vegan saying that but i use that analogy right and um i say look you know once you start getting on this train and um good things start showing up and then you go back and it's good to give yourself reminders of what things used to be right so physically you might be like i'm going to make some food changes awesome i say look um if you give your body, if you put your body uh, under unhelpful loads that create noise or, you know, like uh, discomfort, you know, uncomfortable digestive processes, even, you know, like it's just like um, it's going to drive your decision making. If you're addicted to food, that can be a little bit more astral as well. But, you know, if the animal body is running amok, the carnal body, as we might say, you know, you're going to be like, you know, especially things like, you know, like um, uh, food addiction, sex addiction, substance addictions, all of these things, they're going to be driving you and, um, you know, uh, pulling you towards making choices that are akin to that. So it's like, okay, so th that's one way to do it. So if what I say to people is, look, you know, if you, if you haven't got your seated posture sorted, it's okay to go lie on your bed or on a on a yoga mat or on a floor or something and just get comfy. Just get really comfy and just just listen to your body. Just take note of what's happening, right? I say, because you know, if you've got because sometimes like 
there's this old thing like you know like oh i've got a sore finger or a sore thumb or something and then you go and you know you go and stomp on their toe and they're like oh my, my th thanks bro i don't feel this anymore because now i feel this it's like you know like the squeakiest wheel is the one that gets the you know is the one that gets the attention sort of thing so you know um what you're doing is is that you're identifying the various things because you want to um discern and, and highlight to yourself where the noises are you don't need to know what the why it's more the what you know like what and where sort of thing and you go okay right so i've got a bit of a sore thing here i've got a bit of an ache in my neck i've got a bit of a knee thing and it's like okay right how can i attend to those and it's like well you know uh first of all like um if you look at your four basic primary needs right so you can only go so long without water before you die right these are things you know you can do only go so long without or well, actually first of all obviously is breath you can go for you know most people three or four minutes breath you know um probably not even that and then you've got water that's a few days and then you've got it's a bit of a toss-up between food and sleep but generally you can go longer without food than you can sleep like not getting good sleep will really screw you up you know and um and then food you know we know that people can go for long periods of time without food and these types of things so so you generally you generally have to tick those boxes off in the course of a day to stay alive you know but then there's also the quality of those things how are you breathing so you i teach people to start breathing through the nose they, you know put the tongue to the roof of the mouth and just focus on breathing through the nose and it turns out there's a chemical process that happens in the nasal cavity which means you don't have to breathe as much volume which means you expend less energy in breathing if you're breathing in and out through your mouth you're bring, having to get you're getting less bang for buck so to speak because you know the chemical reaction in your nasal passage in this area means that the 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 oxygen content is much more um bioavailable in your lungs so to speak so i say look you know if you just switch to nose breathing you're going to have more energy throughout the day just as a starting point there's a whole bunch of extra things on that right i say look and there's all, all the science is there and here's some links you can go and look at the infographics and all that stuff but just do that hmm okay and i said yeah when you breathe out too you know you're, you're dehydrating yourself because it's you know it's all this type of thing and then it's like okay well that's your breathing that's a good place that's a good way to upgrade your breathing upgrading your primary needs i have written some articles on this uh, the next one, of course, is, um, uh, you know, your water. Are you drinking, you know, the municipal tap water? I don't rate that personally. I have a high-quality water filter. I spend a lot of time researching water filters, different types of things. And um, I've satisfied and I found a great one, and that makes a huge difference too, you know. Mm. Um, absolutely. You know, you think about the role of water and transporting things around. Um, and uh, it's also information transport as well at a very physical level and uh it's programmable too you know water is you know like a storage medium uh, as well and so you know and we know from uh some of these experience experiments about you know like sending intention to water freezing it looking at under the microscope how you know uh how the intention is put upon the the water um, how it affects the 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 structure of the water and there's so many different types of water you know there's all these different things you know and people don't generally need to know all that sort of stuff but I think if you're going to talk about how to get people like to run them optimally, it's good to be obviously if you're if you're wanting to be pro about this, you've got to have a you know pretty reasonable depth because some people want to go deeper. Uh, then you've got you know food and sleep, and it's like well, sleep's an easy one. Like you know, um, you know, uh, when are you sleeping? How long are you sleeping? And what's the quality of your sleep? 
You know, are you looking at a screen just before you go to bed? Are you going to bed at different times each night? You get your sleep cycles down, man. Life just improves. You just wake up feeling better. And some people sleep too long and they don't have light blocking curtains or they've got their phone next to their bed. I put my, I, my phone is not in my room when I sleep. In fact, I turn the Wi-Fi router off and I just want, I just want clean, clear sleep, man. All that sort of thing, right? And then food, you know, what are you eating? When are you eating? You know, how are you eating? I don't, I don't watch and read things when I eat. I sit there with my bowl of food, my little teaspoon, my chopsticks, whatever, and I will eat everything mindfully. I bless the food and I go through my own process with it. But I'm sitting with that food. That food is like what this gift of my body needs to operate on this physical plane. These types of things. So I have, I'll, I'll broach a lot of these things with people. But yeah, physical noise, um, you know, it's like, you know, what's the environment doing to you? you know, at a physical level. And it could be anything. I mean, if you've got smokers living next door, I mean, I mean, that's just, uh, oh, God damn, you know, like that's horrible, especially if they're smoking those tailor-made cigarettes. Like those things are just like, yeah, they're nasty, right? Yeah. And um, and if you're living in a built-up area, there's pollution, all these types of things. So once you settle the physical body down by starting to listen to it, right, just going, okay, well, you know, have I got a rash? Am I having too many hot showers? I don't, I don't find super hot showers are that great, to be honest. They dry my skin out and they they get rid of, they, they wash all the important oils off and it's like, it's not always a good time. Um, and so you kind of look at everything that you do and go, how can I upgrade what everything in my life that I'm doing? And I think that's why, you know, the Barden book's great because it really focuses on, on specific lifestyle habits and that can be greatly expanded upon with modern understandings. The next one is the astral body. Sorry, oh, before I go into that, did you have any questions about the physical self? Yeah, I think you you clarified so many points like around your environment, drinking the right type of water, uh, creating an environment that's proper for sleep, sleep cycles. I think you hit a lot of great points. And 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 then you went really well, deep into the, not just like being able to discern what's the static, what, what's the things that are inhibiting optimal living. And then you also pointed out how to get people can get dial in if you will, to a higher signal, like what's, what's higher quality water like, all right, well, maybe you need to invest a couple hundred dollars in a thing that's going to alkaline in your water. That's going to raise the pH level, or maybe you need to invest several thousand dollars in the Kangen water, crazy filter, like, or so there's all these little tweaks you can do to improve your life substantially. Um, one little piece at a time, but it, it stacks up, but then it's exponential. It seems. That's great. I love that. Yeah, you're right. What you do, guys, is that you start um, upgrading. That's a cool word. Everyone loves upgrade, especially in the pop culture world. People are playing games. You know, they want to level the character up. It's like, well, you know, in the real world, you got to make those choices, right? You got to make the take those actions. You got to act on those things. And one of those things you do is, is like little adjustments here and there all add up, and they are noticeable, right? You know, you 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 basically, and when you start doing something over here and you get a positive result that attitude and mentality and those benefits there's a transferability into other areas of your life they spill over and that's why i'm also like uh you know like a big um uh, advocate of like working the imagination and the creative imagination because you know when you get creative with how you live your life even brushing your teeth or cleaning the scrubbing the toilet right there's ways to get more value out of the time you have because that's the only real commodity that you have Right. And um, I did want to say something else about physicality. And I think the other one is, is that uh, movement and exercise were so important because after, you know, going through, you know, exploring the 
spiritual metaphysical arena um, over the net and all the different communities and that um, you know the ones that I find uh, that resonate a lot with me are people that place an emphasis on drum roll opening up the body in the morning opening it up you know like and and doing weights lift as as a couple of the bros say lifting heavy things you know going you know getting a puff up going you know exerting the body and you know just like pushing it a little bit breaking some boundaries run into the next lamppost every day you know just pushing yourself a little bit and this just builds these capacities so you're refining existing sorts of practices just everyday things and then you've got this um you're you're also expanding on existing capability and you're just becoming bigger stronger more and it increases your potency of influence in the world. You know, like I got a mate and uh, he's jacked, man. This fella's jacked, man. He's got arms like my legs, bro. And he's just fire out. He's just laser focused, man. Like he gets something done. He's at the gym once or twice a day even, right? And he commands people's respect because his effort is immediately visible. And that's a, the kind of world we live in, you know, like people will basically like the visual thing is like like wow you know i you know and they want to they you know like people want to be like that or they respect that that's why you have and you know you have all those greek chiseled like gods and adonises right you know these these you know these ripped dudes and chicks and that like and they represent almost like the highest ideals and so i think that surrounding yourself with um things to aspire to like high ideals and things like that like even physically is great because it's like you've got this vehicle look after it you know because there's 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 you can take things too far too you know and so you just got to you know find those sweet spots of operation but you know me i'm more kind of like a yoga qigong guy i do a bit, a bit of heavy lifting too but i'm not really wanting to get jacked i don't know it's just not me um but being a bit toned you know i'm in my mid 40s now and it's good to look open up but yeah i just haven't found anything that Oh, I can feel it now, you know, like when you, when you switch into that vital feeling, you know, like once you do the hundred hours or whatever, you know, like you get, you can flick it on. Like if you're doing this and it takes you 20 minutes or 10 minutes each time, but if you can flick it on with your mind without even doing the body mechanic, whew, you know, like it's like flame on, like it's wicked, man. You know, like it's so cool. And, and it just lights you up in the morning. So getting good practices going. And you made a great video about this the other day about, you know, like just, just pull back on the stims in the morning, man. You know, just because I, I, I got to I love my coffee. I can't help it. I've given up so many other things. Well, I've given them up. I've just moved on, you know, alcohol and cigarettes because I was, you know, I was a muso, you know, that's life, right? Back in those days. But um, yeah, you know, just give yourself, your body a bit of space, you know, be kind to yourself, you know, and the temple. So yeah. So um. But yeah, I'll get started on the astral body now, if you like, uh, or the emotional yeah. body. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think we got like maybe ten more minutes before uh, before we at the end the call. Cool, cool. Okay, all right. I'll um, I'll 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 do my best to keep it succinct. Sounds okay. Great. So so emotional noise. Um, ideally, you know, um, you it, you've got to be able to discern the noise and separate. Uh, you, you know what we you, you used a great word before containerizing things. You want to be able to basically externalize something and go, okay, you know, like there's a part of me, I'm not lost in the soup and flailing around. There's a, I can, I could draw a circle around the area of my body that I'm feeling this, um, this distress essentially. And 
you know, and I can find a way to put a thing around it and then I can um, find ways of, uh, you know, of dissolving it or doing something with it. But I think um, one of the best things you can do to start with with emotional stress is to, is to focus on the mind, of calming the mind down. And uh, in Reiki, they talk about um, the, the kokoro or calming the heart mind, you know, and they bring these two together essentially. They do have a separate energy system of the, the upper and the middle uh, tanden, but essentially, you know, if you just focus on breathing through the nose and just because if you've just got a loop going on of just scattered craziness and emotional stress and like it's, it's driving thought process and it's just it's unhelpful. You're caught up in a, in a, in a, in a thing. Right. So um, emotional stress is like you've got to go somewhere where you're not it's where you're not feeding that stress and. It takes that can take a bit to get used, you know. Like you've you've got to go and explore techniques because some things work better for some people than others, just like everything. And you know, as far as the noise goes, yeah, um, you know when this thing's, you know, this area of your body is playing up or it's, you know, it's it's running amok. And uh, you know, finding ways of dealing with that, and you know, when it's self-induced based on your decisions, how you interact with people. You know, if you go into a conversation with a with a frame of mind that's, um, you know, slightly antagonistic or aggressive or hostile, and you're wondering why you don't feel that great about it, and you're getting all worked up, and, you know, like one person starts getting a bit aggro, and the other person starts, and it just starts escalating. It's like, oh, man, no, 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 no. That's not how you roll, bro. You know, like in the big scheme of things, adults don't, real adults, you know, will have a, you know, the, the ideal is I have a balanced combo. You know, and so I think um, you kind of look at things that set off that area, but you can feel it. It's 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 literally like the the realm of sensation, right? It's a very much a felt thing, and so um, you've just got to get to know your temperaments. And I think too that you know exploring things like astrology and also like doing the personality plus thing and just getting to know some classical categorizations of personality types helps you to get because you've got it you've got to kind of got to know yourself right and uh yeah and that can help you start to deal with that and the way to clean and you're like once you've got this settled down like once the once the water's settled down man you know you, you your decision making abilities start to change you just do the quality of them changes it's the same with the physical body you know if, if you're eating food that puts you in a bad mood you know, what do you think the quality of the decisions are, 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 that you're going to make are, you know, these types of things. And so if you're under emotional distress, what sort of decision qualities are you going to make? These types of things. So um, I'll just leave that there unless you've got any questions and I'll move on to the, the mind. Yeah, okay. I, I think you cover those brilliantly. Thank you, bro. Um, I, and I'm, don't get me wrong, like I'm still learning this stuff. Um, but, um, you know, um, obviously release techniques are really important too. So having a whole bunch of swag of those under your belt is really valuable. Because it can either take this long or this long to sort the thing out. And, you know, we've only got this much years. You know, time is the only commodity we really have. And it's like, oh, you know, you're here for a, for a good time, not a long time. So, you know, make the best use of your time here and spread and, and fill your field with harmony, you know, because that rubs off on people. And it's like, oh, okay, people are starting to, like, chill out and enjoy themselves. Maybe I was the cause of everybody's stress. I don't know, maybe, um, you know. But um, but with the mind, man, I tell you what, because it all starts, it really is like, this is the one, right? Because it generally flows down this way, right? You know, you have a thought, it generates a feeling and a story, and then you act on it. And 
you can get that loop going and it's like oh man it's just like everything's going a bit south at the moment i'm wondering why and it's like bro because you're putting your mind on things that you don't need to that are unhelpful you're exposing yourself to information that's just getting you wound up you know the idea is is like some people get triggered by words and don't get me wrong there's some words that trigger me too and and things things i've let my mind experiences through the sense gates smells you know like um uh, uh just all sorts of things but generally like say media for example right um some people get really triggered when they hear certain words and it's like well imagine being able to experience the data or the information and it's just a thing that you're looking at it's not something you have to take on and generate a response or, a, or an instant reaction to it's like no 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 now you, you create that gap and you know you know what i mean about this right that's that first exercise in the book right you know you generate that gap and you do that with everything in your life and it's like there's a thing i'm looking at it whoop-de-doo it doesn't govern my response or reaction but i'm gonna look at it and go okay well you know it's a thing is it useful and valuable or is it just just something i can let go of and these types of things and the kind of peace that brings into your life when you develop that skill i mean that was me because i was a really like my mind is very busy and it was and as soon as i started um sorry i'll just turn that off um hang on bro um it's all good <laughs> i had a whatsapp thing go off through the session <laughs> yeah um so um yeah um uh was it this? yeah so um essentially you want to bring peace to this body here you know best you can and uh that will also flow downhill because everything runs downstream from there pretty much you know and so um just finding ways to not be uh influenced in an unhelpful or detrimental way just by experiencing information and everything is information you know the pictures on the wall the memories you know mark rasmus has a great exercise where you go through your house and there's all these memories and artifacts and these mementos and things and he says look you just need to make peace with that stuff because otherwise it's just stimulus that's setting you off you know and and some of that is unconscious too right a lot of the the emotional stress you're wondering why you're stressed out it's like man i've had a good day and all this but i don't know why but i feel this you know i'm up, I'm, I'm up in here you know and i'm and i'm i'm da, da, da. and it's like uh there's a really great reiki um uh, exercise called josh and kokyoho which is basically where you put your mind in your belly and breathe in and out of your belly or sit in your belly and it brings all the energy down into your physical into your vital body into your core so all of this scattered stuff that's running around all ah, you know all flustered and all the rest of it it just kind of brings you don't want to feed that stuff you want it to just you know you want to um basically um uh unlife it so to speak the, the the stress so yeah so mental body noise you get that down that's the that's obviously closer to the uh, the divine signal um and so you know creating the space for because essentially you know you've if you think about it in a real rough kind of metaphor you've got a pipe and if it, if the pipe if the, the the three joints in the pipe are noisy they're going to stop the flow it's going to be a crooked pipe the flow rate's going to be a bit crap and you really want to increase that throughput and clean that signal up because you know crap in crap out you know like garbage in garbage out and so 
the more you pay attention to cleaning up these three bodies and bringing them into harmony individually, then they start working with each other and then the three click in and then, oh man, then you're firing on all cylinders and then life just gets better. And, you know, and if you're on a magical spiritual pathway, like, man, things really start opening up. Well, that's my experience. And so, you know, each one of these things is worth learning about. I recommend that book, Initiation to Hermetics, greatly, and all of the supporting materials and all the authors and commentators like yourself, Bob, Mark, oh my gosh, there's so many, explore this, get to know it, because it's literally, um, in my view, the science of improving your life experience. And you can take it as far as you want, but these are the kinds of things worth instilling. And like if you're a fam, like if you've got a family, right? There's a reason why those traditions uh, were put in place of, you know, like um, getting together at family time and sitting quietly or, you know, like food, eating, you know, sort of rules of engagement and things. And like there's ways of bringing those back and creating your own traditions with the right under. You've got to have the understanding. Expose yourself to the knowledge and go, you know, how can we make the world a better place? In my view, best practices, learn about them and and it can be fun and interesting too, because the 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 payoffs are just are just so great. So anyway, yeah. So um, hopefully that was the, the good nutshell. The, the first one was pretty long, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And is there anything else that you'd like to share before we uh, head off? Well, I mean, obviously, I'd like to say thank you for this opportunity to to speak on your podcast, Jake. You know, I have um, I'm very grateful for the work that you've done over the years and the information you're bringing forth, and also your unique style and signature um, of how you sort of present that. And uh, I think um, you know we're at a time in history where you know, you know, the internet's been around for thirty-ish years, and um, you know, like it's really changed things on a whole on so many levels you know and you know um now's the time you know like things are it's a lot easier and okay to talk about things that were generally not okay to talk about um and so you know just having open conversations with people is is, is a lot more acceptable and i mean like i said i live in, lived in a pretty conservative town my little village and it's a lot more i won't say liberal i'll steer away from that kind of language but what i'll say is is that there's a bit more open-mindedness even within existing systems of understanding and preferences of um, operation, so to speak, from a spiritual and religious point of view, people are a little bit more embracing and open to things. When it's explained to them in a way that makes sense to them and appeals more to their logic in a sense too, you know, like I'm not, you know, you're not trying to disrupt their current mode of thinking or anything like that, but it's like going, hey, here's a thing just for your consideration you know, I respect and appreciate all the traditions personally. They've all got value in them, and certainly some of them have changed. But yeah, I just say to everyone out there, look, um, if you're a practicer, and you know, um, keep practicing and find things that nourish the the um, the desire to practice. And I think that's what I'm really excited about this year. You know, I really like you know all the new stuff coming out and and that, and uh, I'm I'm going to be part of that. I'm stepping up a bit. I've got some help in the background, and I really want to. Um, find a way to, um, you know, to help all those people out practicing because, you know, like sometimes it's just like, man, I just got to watch like a one minute short on YouTube and like that funk that you're in snaps you out of it and you, 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 you light up and then that affects the people around you. And that just, that helps the neighborhood, man. And I think that's what we need now. We need more harmony in the neighborhoods and physical proximity best you can go for a walk, smile at people, say what's up, these types of things. 
and then there's the online communities and that too so I, i'm really excited about this year and, I, and i'm grateful uh to you jake too and so thank you so much for this opportunity today awesome yeah thank you so much phil and is there anywhere that people can get in contact with you email website if they want to work with you do maybe learn kabbalah from you or experience an energy healing session yeah, cool. I mean, Kabbalah is obviously like a, a bit of a, a, a love of mine, you know, especially since discovering Barden's third book um, from a practical point of view. And, uh, you know, we can certainly catch up and talk about that another on another session. Yeah. But as far as getting in touch with me goes, uh, my website isn't up and running at the moment. But I mean, I can give you some links and details of how. But generally, I've got an email address, info at philrice.co.nz. I'll give that to you. You can share that in the deets. Um, the other one is, is I'm, I've got a personal Facebook page. I'll probably start up a, an actual, like a business page shortly as well. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm a pretty sort of like just average dude really in that respect. Like you can just reach out to me and just hit me up for a chat, you know, like I'm just an everyday guy. Um, and I, you know, I respond to pretty much all the messages, um, you know, and, uh, just, yeah, just hit me up on messenger or on Facebook or flick me an email. Uh, my YouTube is um, in its fledgling stages. I've started a new one up, and um, I've got a, I've got a big list of stuff here. So yeah, just just watch the YouTube space, guys, and I'll put a, give all these links to Jake. So um, thank you. And yes, I have a, uh, a a practitioner a practitioner space that I use in my local village of Howick in Auckland, New Zealand, and I do online sessions as well. I have had success, and I have been satisfied that distance healing Ugh, don't like that word or absence here like it's look i've had good experiences with it and um you know i'm much more confident with that so if you want to if you're on another part of the world i'm pretty flexible with times and things um i always encourage people to go find a local physical proximity practitioner personally i think it's good to have a relationship with someone physically local but if you want to hit me up i'm available I offer professional services. I can give meditation instruction. I can help you through some of the, um, you know, the steps and in, in initiation to hermetics and understanding um, the Kabbalah system as well. And you know, and I'll let you know, you know, whatever I'm not comfortable and and uh, you know what the scope of my expertise is. Um, I'm very honest and straight up about that. You know, I'm no by no means a master, and I don't would never probably consider myself that. But I certainly have proficiencies that I am uh, confident in how I can articulate them as well. And so, you know, maximum value for the people that reach out to me. And yes, so yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, Phil. You're most welcome, Jake. Thank you for the call, sir.